In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Hey, Broads and Books listeners. We have an exclusive new group and we want you to join. This is the best kind of VIP access. VIP. You don't have to go anywhere. And you still get access to this exciting new feature. Exactly. You don't even have to get dressed. All you have to do is check your email for a special link. And you will receive access to all of our recommendations in one list. One list. If you're already an email subscriber, meaning that you've signed up at our website, you've already been given this VIP pass to this new feature. So the link will come right to you. And if you're not sure if you signed up or you haven't signed up yet, no problem. We like VIP swag without exclusions. For sure. So head to our website, sign up, and you'll get the link too. So sign up today. Hello, and welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy, and this is episode number 68, My Church. My Church by Marin Morris. Yes, and yeah, tell us about what do you like about this song? I, well, first of all, I just, I really like her as an artist, and I really like this song because I love the idea of, she, it's, if you haven't heard it, she's driving and she's talking about how old um, singers that are her favorites are like her church, like that's where she feels connected, has some level of spirituality, whatever you want to call it, and I just like that idea, I like the visual I like. I loved it too. I hadn't heard it before you mentioned this, and I watched the video, and I really liked that. Yeah, you know, yeah. It was almost turning her back on sort of organized church in favor of something else, which yes. is kind of related to what we're talking about, right? Which is where we went with this week's theme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, religious undertones slash overtones, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Mine, there's a lot of overtones. Hey, that's all right. I think yeah. that's what we are going for. Mm-hmm. But before we really get into some religion, yeah. I want to ask you again about a life update you may or may not want to share. The last time was about breaking binders. This is much more significant. Yeah, this is not reading related. Um, I got myself two cats. And as longtime listeners know, we had Podcat in our midst for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to put her to sleep in February. It was very, uh, you know, it was very sad. And uh, just in the last couple of weeks, I realized, oh, shit, I may be ready. For some new cats. And new cats I got. And let me tell you about them. Um, Please they do. Are, <laughs> the biggest thing to know is that they are big. They are 20 pounds each. These are hefty gals. They are hefty and they are comfortable with it. <laughs> and I am here for it. They are senior ladies. Seven senior years old. Ladies. <laughs> There's some golden girls mm-hmm. living their life out in my retirement village now. That's great. Yeah. And I named them Thelma and Louise because 
obviously obviously a great duo and actually they fit very well with their names um the white cat i've named thelma because she's a little simple she's a lot slutty and i like it (laughs) which i can confirm just from pictures already yeah um very quickly when i met her in the shelter she let me rub her belly and since then it's just been a lot of bearing of her lady parts and you know pulling them off and i say go for it absolutely louise a little more suspicious a little more, I'm going to wait and see about mm-hmm. you. Hiding mm-hmm. under the couch a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But then, last night, uh, she let me take a somewhat slutty picture of her as she well. She did. So, she's a secret uh, nasty lady. I feel like, also, they may or may not have really seen you coming specifically because they seem to have played the perfect combination for you one just immediately gave love which hooked you right in and the other one withheld which you also love to chase that cat love so it's a perfect combo yes i felt like it was a little bit of channeling podcat like yeah i don't want anything to do with you yeah and then i was like well i gotta have you now so yeah that's what happened also i think they were sold as a bonded pair i'm thinking that's a lie um there's a lot of hissing at each other (laughs) Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes, but, uh, I got a lot more weight in this house now. You do. You have some more pounds <laughs> that you're accountable for. You know, they might be hissing at each other because of their difference in personality. Louise is like, tone it down, Thelma. That's exactly it. I keep thinking of scenes from the movie now mm-hmm. where Louise is like, seriously, come on. We, we can't, can't have this. Do this. We yeah. cannot have this. Yeah. You are not going to let Brad Pitt into your hotel room and let him steal all your money. Yeah. See, but- but Thelma's gonna. Thelma's gonna. Because yeah. Thelma wants to get her some Brad Pitt. Yeah. That's what's gonna happen. Thelma's like, look, I'm living day by day. And Louise is like, I want this to be for our forever home. So you need to tone it down. Tone it down. And Thelma's like, what no. What Louise doesn't yet realize is that I'm all for the overt yeah. sluttiness and, you know, trustingness. Is there a world where we could build them some kind of little convertible and watch them drive <laughs> around in it like Thelma and Louise? <laughs> It would have to first be like an actual convertible. Like that's yes. the size we're talking for these. Yeah, guys. that's so, true. Like it a is sizable. Convertible is mm-hmm. not going to do it. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would be a photo shoot opportunity right there. That seems great to me. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I'm very curious to see. I've only they've only been here now for two days. Um, how they're going to handle the podcasting. Like yeah. what they're going to, you know, if they're going to come in, if they're going to have voices on this podcast. So we'll see. Yes. If they become podcast like or not i have i saw glimpses of thelma yes but i have not seen louise in person yet because and let me ask you i had sent you a few pictures of the cats to try and give you a sense of their size Mm -hmm. when you actually saw thelma in person what was your thought picture doesn't do her justice (laughs) because she's hefty and she owns it and i love everything about it i mean i wouldn't want it any other way it's perfect but I suddenly remembered that SNL sketch with uh, it was Black Jeopardy and Tom Hanks was playing the MAGA hat wearing guy and he's describing his wife and he's like she is a sturdy gal. That's who I have. I have two sturdy gals. She is sturdy. Yes. 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 And that's good. You did not need a frail kitten or cat. No. 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 And in fact I was telling you just before this that I tested sort of laying on one of the cats because let's be these are like little bear cubs of cats they are and she didn't seem to give so she's fine uh, with it i think in the winter this is going to be a nice heat source right now i think yeah we're kind of staying away from each other but you know yeah yeah sweat and all yeah (laughs) yes stickies but in the winter you're not going to need another blanket. So uh, other than that, the only thing to update on is, you know, when uh, Mason might come over because Mason is going to be. Mason is pumped to meet the cats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and if you've been listening for a while, you know that Mason is an obs- cat obsessed young lad. He is. Yeah. He wants a cat so bad and it's not going to happen. I'm deathly allergic. <laughs> but I, it he I mean, if I could make any dream come true, I would. But. I can't. He'll just come over here. Yes. Yeah. He's very excited. He will play with cats that are basically his size. Yes. And it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's very, yeah. He's he's ready. He's excited. He may not leave. That's, well, I don't know. I I was going to say that's okay. I was like, no, you don't want that. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no. Well, now that I had two new goddesses in the house, you know, let's talk about like some religion. What do you think? Yes. Erin. Yes. What is the weirdest thing you've ever heard about as part of a religion? 
Okay. Well, there's a ton that comes to mind, yes. but uh, <laughs> I had to take, um, I, I, I'm a reformed Catholic, if people yes, don't understand are. that. Yeah. I went to Catholic school all through through high school. Um, and so I didn't get a lot of uh, exposure to world religions until college. And when I first heard the story <laughs> that the entire Mormon religion is based on a guy who <laughs> got the tablets of rules and then lost them mm-hmm. and then had to ask for another set. And mm-hmm. this is who they said was like going to be their religious leader. Mm-hmm. I was simultaneously like, oh, I might be in the wrong religion because that's hilarious. <laughs> and also, why? How did that come? And everyone's like, that, that tracks, that tracks. Yeah, that seems like the guy that we're going to follow. Mm-hmm. The guy who mm-hmm. took the sacred thing that we're going to hold sacred in our religion, went to the woods and just <laughs> promptly lost Whoops. it. And had to... Go back and say, hey, I know I was supposed to hold on to those, but... (laughs) Maybe they saw that and they were like, hey, he's just like us. He loses shit just like we do. Yeah, I assume that that must be some of the symbolism there, but from the outset, as a biblical story, your follower... Yeah, it doesn't sound good. No, it sounds terrible. Mm -hmm. It's like you own a tech company and you accidentally lost the whole coding program. Yeah. And you're like, sorry, but can I still be CEO? (laughs) No, you're the worst. So no. <laughs> I bet that uh, that experience of learning about other religions after an entire childhood and adolescence raised in Catholicism was very eye-opening to you. It was. It was. There is some, there's some weirdness Whew. all over the place. Some doozies. Yeah. Yeah. There's equal opportunity weirdness to oh, be had. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure is. Yeah. What about you? What's the weirdest thing you've ever heard of as part well, of religion? Well, actually... Uh, uh, do you remember way back when you recommended the Leah Remini show? On yes. Scientology and its mm-hmm. aftermath? Well, guess what? I have been watching it. Whew. And it's a doozy. Holy shit. Like I knew Scientology was weird. Mm-hmm. But the the depth that they get into, the people that they talk to that discuss the various aspects mm-hmm. of the weirdness. Yeah. Is incredible. Mm-hmm. And also, I remember you really saying how much you liked her sort of confrontational stuff. It's incredible. Yeah. She just could not give a shit no. about what Scientology says about her. No. Else. Yeah. It's it's so great. And what I love about it is thinking about them in a room somewhere just confounded. Like, I don't know what to do. She doesn't care. <laughs> no matter what we say or do, it doesn't have any effect. She just keeps she talking. Just... <laughs> and man, oh man, I can't stop watching it. It's, it's, it is addictive. Yeah. Just sucks you right in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. 100%. Um, so, Aaron, mm-hmm. if you were going to become a pastor, oh my God, I love this. <laughs> I love this idea. What would your congregation say about you? Uh, basically, all her sermons are the same. <laughs> They're real short, and she swears a lot for a pastor. What is happening? She started a book club, and they were not church appropriate choices. <laughs> so, you are going but... into the system. To reform from within. You're like going. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's tenets that I can get on board with. Be a good human. Just be a good human. That's what all my sermons would be. Like, hey, be a good human and buy some stuff from the bake sale. (laughs) And people would be like, that's it? Like 30 seconds? I'm like, you all came for the muffins. So why? You don't want to listen to me talk. Wait, what's the bake sale for? What are you raising money for? For the church. Oh, okay. (laughs) For whatever, you know, okay. if there's people in the community that are in need there or... Well, that fits I would your... assume that my church would do some nice things like help feed the homeless. I yeah. mean, I would... There's there's some very con- community service-minded aspects of it Absolutely. that I appreciate and I think are very important. So yes. that would be important to me. I like that idea of a church just built around that. Yeah. Forget all the other shit. Yeah. Just like take care of your fellow person. Well, and I, we would just have one overriding philosophy. Just be a good human. Yes. And you know what? We're not going to have hard and fast rules around that because that's where you get in trouble. Because then yeah. all of a sudden, round peg, square hole, we can't figure it out. Look at every situation and say, what decision puts me on the side of being a good human? Mm-hmm. And then go from there. Yeah. So I don't even really need to counsel people that much because they can come in. They can tell me. I can say, what makes you a good human? They say it. I say, no, it was the other choice. And they say, <laughs> okay. And then they leave. And we're good. <laughs> and we're good. 
I'm reminded of uh, just Michelle Obama's speech at the DNC. Just like, hey, basic human empathy. It's not a hard thing no. to learn. It's not no. a hard thing to practice. So how about we try doing that? Yes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. really what it That's is. It's about empathy. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's about not being so misguided and so laser focused on a set of rules or ideas that you're so sure are right that you're actually communicating the opposite with your actions. Absolutely. So that's what my whole church would be. And we would have some killer baked goods because I love me a baked good. Yes. So. God, I am a fully avowed atheist and want nothing to do with church, but I kind of like your church. You I want to come. come to your church. We are going to have some major cinnamon roll bake-offs because oh, shit. no one in my family has ever figured out how to make one of my late grandma's cinnamon rolls. So Ooh. I'll don't think I won't use my church to find that recipe because <laughs> I will. I'm kind of feeling like now the balance of your church is moving just more towards baked goods and the competition. Oh, it's probably 90-10. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. That's, the church you know. of the cinnamon roll? Something like that? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Church. Uh, yeah, we probably had to add roll because Church of Cinnamon sounds like oh. a oh, weird that sounds like a strip, strip joint. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem to fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what religious idea do you have the most trouble with since you want to join? Maybe I could fix that for okay, you. Well, I think one of my biggest ones is just this sort of circular idea. Like if you have any questions about anything, if you're doubting anything, you just got to mm. have faith. You mm-hmm. just got to believe harder. You mm-hmm. just got to like, don't ask those questions. Like those questions are unimportant. You just got to believe. Just mm-hmm. believe and everything will make sense. Right. In so many ways, I'm seeing that sort of reiterated in the Scientology documentary, yeah. which then makes me feel like so much of religion is based on that. Mm-hmm. Which is really difficult because then if you're sort of a free thinking person, there's no room for you there. Mm-hmm. Like you either have to f- f- uh, commit hard to the doctrine or you're out. That's I, why I went out. Yeah. And I often think that education is the biggest opponent to religion. Absolutely. Because any amount of knowledge or thought process is going to be met, having those met with. Yes. And when you're met with resistance for the questions and you're like, wait a second, this, no, mm-hmm. this doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also, you know, it's interesting because um, I've had the pleasure to know some people that have studied theology deeply mm-hmm. who are very, consider themselves very religious or belong to a church. And people that have really taken the time to study biblical teachings or really gotten into the theology of it actually hate that. Just saying you're supposed to have faith because it's that amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It is. Yeah. Because it takes out the whole idea. Well, what about the bad things Mm -hmm. then? That doesn't make any sense. Those two things don't go together. There has to be more to that. So I've always thought that that was kind of an interesting that people that have actually dedicated their lives to it believe that there's much more of an answer yeah. to that. Well, and then I think that also goes hand in hand with another thing that I that I just really struggle with with religion is um, the fact that most of them don't look well on women. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Most of them don't look well on any people of color, mm-hmm. really. Uh, and in many cases have been used to justify some terrible, terrible shit. Mm-hmm. And when you get into that, there's just no redeeming it for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. You know? I think especially that's... For me, from people that I've encountered, in my opinion, it seems that the people that have done the work and taken the time seem to have a more a, a bigger view of religion or their yeah. spirituality. And it's those people that focus on that idea. Oh, it's just faith that mm-hmm. those always seem to be the pockets that yes. are the most worrisome yes. because you're kind of brainwashing people into saying, oh, nope, you don't have to worry about that. Just have faith. Right. Yep. You're just supposed to have faith. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that story too many times, right? Many we've times. seen David Koresh. We've yes. seen other cults. We've We've seen Scientology. David Miscavige. Yeah, David Miscavige. Oh, you know what? I realize now that I've mentioned Scientology multiple times, we're going to get on their blacklist. Fine. <laughs> Fine. I want to see a website pop up all about taking us down. That would be amazing. Yeah. I think you've made it if that's the yeah. case. If you're on their radar. I also, sometimes they get real weird in their descriptions. I want to hear what they say about us. Yes. And how yeah. we're heretics of some kind. Yeah. Can probably throw out mainly what they're going to say for us, but I'm not going to do their work for them. I'm going to let them come to that. <laughs> you know, Aaron, one final question. I oh, think yeah. You and I both want to consider. Here. Okay. All right. Okay. We both have gone on record with our love for Fleabag. Yes. Love that show. And with uh, the character of the hot priest. Yes. Now, the main character struggled with the idea of going after the hot priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you share the same hesitation in that situation? 
Um, I think my answer is going to be a little bit different than okay. yours in yeah. that I think I would ha- I would have taken the same route as her. I think mm. it would have really thrown me off at first mm. only because of my exactly, upbringing. It would have been really yes. hard. It would be a weird thing for me to... And I think I would need some sort of indicator from him before it happened that yeah. he was leaving or he was adjusting or mm. something like that. Yep. Um, so for me, it would be harder. But I mean, it also depends on the situation. <laughs> How about you? No. (laughs) You knew that was coming. I knew, yeah. No hesitation. (laughs) Like, all right, this is what's happening. We're doing this. And I don't care who you are and what you believe in. You believe in me after this. You're going to believe in me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's where uh, I'm glad we we discussed Mm -hmm. that. That mm-hmm. really needed to be discussed. It did. Well, it's, yeah. a, it's a pressing, one of my most pressing religious questions. <laughs> <laughs> our most modern pressing religious query of yes. our time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so thinking about uh, my church and books about religion, um, I should we dig in to our picks? Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? My fiction pick right off the bat is The Satanic Verses by Salman Rushdie. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right well i can see Aaron. why you asked should we dig in yeah, i should yeah, have yeah, taken yeah. that yeah. as a red flag that this is about to get real because she double checked with me it was like the roller coaster like check your bar is it down all the way oh it is okay good see ya <laughs> i just need to describe the face that Eric just made. you could tell the catholic upbringing in her came out first because it was like oh no oh no oh no there's mention of satan what do we do and then the modern Aaron came back out and was like, oh, this is going to be great. Because now that happens first, the Catholic version of Satan. And then immediately it goes to Garth Brooks playing Satan on SNL <laughs> or singing that song to him. I guess Will Ferrell is playing Satan. But immediately that pops into my head now when I think of Satan. Yep. Yep. That's a good combo. So it comes to your head. Yeah. Not yeah. scary at all anymore. It's more just. <laughs> so as I said, this is the Satanic Verses. Yes. By Salman Rushdie. Rushdie. Okay. From 1988. Mm-hmm. Um, the book starts with two men, both Indian Muslims living in England, who are falling out of an airplane into the Atlantic Ocean. Have you read this, by the way, Aaron? No. Okay. So Gabriel is a successful film actor, and Saladin is a voice actor. They met on this flight from Bombay, now Mumbai, to London. And the plane is hijacked by terrorists who accidentally detonate a bomb. So, you know, just real good at their job, these terrorists. Just an accident. Yeah. So the plane is destroyed over the English Channel, hence why Gabriel and Saladin are falling down. So as they're falling through the air, Gabriel is transformed into the angel Gabriel, who will later have dreams where he lives and works with Mahound, which is a stand-in for the Prophet Muhammad. Ah. Meanwhile, Saladin is transformed into the devil as he falls with horns, cloven hooves, all of it. Just picture the little hooves and overalls that we yeah. discussed in yeah. the episodes back. That's yeah. That's Perfect. Him. Yeah, yeah. My so- version of Satan now, so that's, that's amazing. <laughs> Satan and overalls. So, okay, they survive miraculously. They crawl onto the coast. And Saladin is arrested as an illegal immigrant. From there, all sorts of misadventures, adventures, lots of fighting between these two guys. Overall, it's sort of an allegory. There's magical realism. There's all sorts of crazy stuff. And this book, in many ways, was groundbreaking because of all of this and because it's just a great, fascinating read. But I chose this not just because of the subject matter, but because of the craziness that resulted after So some of you may know, after this book came out in 1988, the Ayatollah Khamenei, who was Iran's supreme leader, issued a fatwa against Salman Rushdie, which ordered Muslims to kill him on sight. Yikes. And his editors and publishers, not just him. Yeah. So Rushdie was forced to go into protective hiding for like the greater part of a decade after this. There were protests in Pakistan. There were British bookstores that were bombed for having the book. And, you know, as I was remembering this book for today's episode, I kind of dug into like, why? What was this issue really about? And what it came down to was this character of Mahound, who's sort of the stand-in for the Prophet Muhammad. Um, In the book, he is not a perfect man. He advocates for beating wives. He's, you know, pretty sexist in many ways. 
And in this story, it shows that the Quran came from a man, not direct from God, mm-hmm. as is taught in mm-hmm. Islam. Mm-hmm. So the Quran uh, is supposed to be understood literally as the word of God in many Muslims' minds. But in this book, you know, it's uh, cast doubt upon. Uh, as we mentioned, I have lots of problems with organized religion, and I'm admittedly not a believer, but this is something, it would be comic if it was not so deadly serious. Right, right? Like yeah. organized religion coming after a published author. Yeah. I think it shows some of the problems of religion. And, and just in case you think I'm focusing too much on Islam, because that's a very hot <laughs> yeah. uh, topic, it, mm-hmm. it's not. It's, uh, I, I think, in many ways, fundamentalist Christians are way scarier to me than any other yeah. religion. So I think this is just a, a modern example that, that shows that when you believe too blindly, when you are just not questioning doing any of that, mm-hmm. uh, particularly when that becomes entwined with government too, you get yes. into all sorts of trouble. Mm-hmm. So good book, but also the the whole craziness around it just, I think, really drives home some of our theme. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's that infallibility, right? Absolutely. I mean, the whole tenet of religion is supposed to be that you're believing in a higher power or a God that's supposed to be infallible, but somehow that always ends up translating down to leaders or people that are in positions of power. Yes. And if you believe that those people are infallible, you've already set yourself up for a problem. And for so long, that was the English monarchy, right? Mm-hmm. Like every king and queen was supposed to be given an absolute power by God and yeah which allows for so much terrible behavior yes yes because the minute you tell someone they they don't make mistakes Mm -hmm. get ready for some huge mistakes I mean if someone told me I didn't make mistakes I would I would first doubt them but Mm -hmm. then once I believed I was like well shit I'm gonna do some stuff now yeah I don't know what would be my first move but it would be big yeah maybe buying that convertible for, for the Thelma cats. and Louise. Well, that could never be seen as a bad thing. That's no true. matter what. Yeah. So. No religion. That's just a that. delight. <laughs> that's just putting good into the world, in my opinion. <laughs> Provided we control it, because oh, yeah. I wouldn't want them to get too racy and take no. off. And yeah. We're, yeah, we're not actually, like, pushing them off a hill, because I like these cats. No, I, no, I no. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is just for yeah. photo opportunity. Yes, exactly. Photo gold. Photo gold. We can edit in the hill, and they'll be fine. <laughs> You're right. We could even ask Evan to help us edit this into a film. That's true. He would love to. He would. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Well, uh, the uh, book I picked uh, this week is called How to Be Good. It's by Nick Hornby. Oh. Um, and I, I love him. I've always loved him. I really like this book. It was published in 2001. Um and it takes it centers around this married couple, Katie and David. Katie is a doctor. They have two kids. Um, David is the angriest man in Holloway, which is the title of his column oh. that he publishes in the local paper. And he is very much lives up to that. He's just a very sarcastic and it's almost taken over all parts of his personality to the point that he's just bitter and angry about basically everything. So. Katie finds herself sort of having an affair without meaning to and then feeling very unmoored after that. Like, what did I do? What does this mean? Um, and decides that it really means that she's can't live in her marriage anymore. She's going to get a divorce. So she asks David for a divorce. And in the middle of all this, he decides to go to an alternative healer oh, for no. help with his back called oh, Dr. No. Good News. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, and throughout this, picks up this philosophy that they're not living their lives as good as they should be. Oh, sure. And that's why they've gone off track is yep. because they're not giving enough. They're not good enough. They're not doing enough. So he does things like gives away the kids' computers, gives oh. away one of his kids' rooms and has some uh, homeless people move in. He you know, invites extended family over just to give the whole meal away. He's doing all of these things that in his mind mean that he's good, that he's performing the duties that he's supposed to be. In the meantime, of course, as you can imagine, Katie is frustrated and annoyed, but also at a crossroads that I feel like a lot of people end up at, which is how good do I have to be? What yeah. does being good mean? Yeah. Is it is this why my marriage is off track? Is this why my family isn't working? Is because I don't focus on anything else but me and them and I don't give any of my time and attention? Is David on to something? So that's really why I picked it for this. Um, it's, it's really funny. It reads really quickly. But I also think there's this really deep part of it that spoke very specifically to me when I read it. And then I was reviewing it again because I knew I wanted to recommend it. And it it still 
is true. And I think as you get older and older is more and more true in that you, you do spend time wondering how your life measures up. Am I doing enough? Like what, what does my life mean? Is there a bigger goal I should be achieving here? Am I teaching my kids how to be good citizens and humans? Are they helpful enough? Are they, and, and not necessarily just in the name of religion, because that looks good, but in an actual being a human being on earth, being a partner with everyone that you live with, because that's the reality that we all live together. It, like, are you doing enough? And mm-hmm. that's, that's really what the central focus is. Do you need a religion to do that? Or can you do that on your own? And he does it with this great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's deep, but it's also really funny. So I love that too. It sounds like it kind of gets to the performative aspects of religion. Yes, too. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely does. And like, do I really believe in what I'm doing or am I just showing everyone I'm giving away this meal and look how good I am? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's not about performing the actual service mm-hmm. or feel having the need to do that without feeling as though you're going to be uh, rewarded for that yes. later on in your afterlife, yeah. which is what a lot of some of a lot of religions are driven by is yes. the afterlife and what everything you do here has an effect instead of saying, well, everything you do here has an effect because you're a human and you're part of the human race and we have a need to take care of each other. That's just the way that it is, yeah. regardless of whether there's a reward at the end or not. It also feels like, yeah, when you're focusing on the, you know, afterlife kind of thing, it's almost like a competition then against yes. everyone else. It's not like, let's take care of each other while we're alive. Let's make this a better place. It's called for later on Mm -hmm. and who the hell cares what happens to other people Mm because they're my competition in this life well and like you said on the performative level of it when you're doing those things because you want someone to notice or because it's a stage or whatever you're losing the point which is helping other people but also learning yeah seeing something from a different perspective if you're so caught up in what this looks like to someone else you're not actually getting anything out of the experience which is the whole point Mm -hmm. so i i think it touches on so many things that are um what's wrong in a lot of ways with organized religion and where a lot of people feel lost and maybe feel like they're lacking something and how you feel that um but again i really like him as an author so Man, you know, I knew when you picked this, this was uh, going to be a hot topic. We are coming in hot. Hot. Aaron. It is hot. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. And it's actually physically hot in here mm. as well. It is. Uh, it's a in- sauna. Yeah. <laughs> yep. My iced tea is like warm tea now. So that's fine. We are. You turned off the fan to mm-hmm. help our audio. And that's been a terrible decision for our bodies. But, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. it's just sweat at this point. So much but, sweat. You know, so when you're listening to us, just yeah. picture sweat. Wait, this don't is do bad. that. Don't do that. <laughs> I was thinking that this is just further proof of why we don't record ourselves. Oh, my God. Seriously. On video. Yeah. Yeah. We because tried that, by the week, by the way, last we week. Sure did. Uh, we tried to do a little video of ourselves recording. It was, you know, when I pulled the phone back, I felt like it might not be going well. And then immediately, like two seconds in, you were like, I hate this. And I said, mm-hmm. yeah, I think mm-hmm. you're right. I hated it so much. This was, it was mm-hmm. a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. So instead, at some point in the future, maybe with this episode, maybe with the next mm-hmm. one, we're going to get ourselves on YouTube just in a yes. different way. In a different way. That's right. Yeah. Maybe less sweaty. So much less sweat. <laughs> You don't need to see our sweat. Uh, that doesn't make me feel close to you or you close to me. No. Does no nothing for our followership. Nope. See, that's the benefit of audio. Don't need to think about sweat. No. And yeah. And I can make faces oh, God, that no so one else faces. can see. Yes. Like that's when I said brain. satanic verses and you, your head just about blew off. Yeah. Like, oh shit. Exploded. We're coming in hot. Yes. <laughs> coming well, in hot. Coming in hot again, other mm-hmm. genre books. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose a graphic novel, Ooh. a series of graphic okay. novels called The Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Oh, okay. This started in 1989, ran through about 1996, but since then there's been lots of one-off issues, spin-off issues. There even in, like last year, there was an Audible drama based on uh, The Sandman oh. through Audible. Okay. Um, starring James McAvoy. Ooh. We love some James McAvoy. Yeah. Yeah. So in this graphic novel, um, the Sandman's main character is Dream, also known to various characters throughout the series as Morpheus. 
And the story begins in 1916 when Dream is captured and imprisoned by a group of black magic occultists. Because, mm. you know, that happens a lot. Yeah. But in 1988, which is the year that Neil Gaiman began writing on this series, um, Dream escapes. So after however many oh. years he's been in prison, he mm-hmm. escapes. And through the rest of the main issues, um, he's trying to regain control of his dream world and sort of the, the, uh, the powers that he once possessed. Um, from there, the graphic novels, they sort of leap around space and time. They're following Dream as he travels around, fulfilling his job. Um, they uh, Also, there's a lot of stories that don't feature Dream specifically as the main character. One volume focuses entirely on his sister, Death, who is drawn as like this goth girl, like goth oh. pixie girl. It's so great. Um, and more on his full family, which includes Destiny, Desire. There's a whole D theme going on yeah yeah um there's also crazy stories like uh in one he sort of invents a new origin for shakespeare's a midsummer night's dream like dream is lived forever so he meets shakespeare and Mm -hmm. helps him sort of form this thing so there's also lots of other like fictional characters that bring in some of the dc universe like the arkham asylum where batman puts all of his villains so it crosses so many different areas Mm -hmm. And I chose it for this theme because Dream and his siblings are even older than the gods. They've been around for basically everything that's ever happened. We're talking mythology, but also sort of pre-mythology too, like the origin, the very beginning of stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, the stories include a bunch of other mythological figures like Orpheus, Loki, the Fates, a bunch of religious figures, including Lucifer. And what I like about it too is that all of these sort of gods and pre-gods, they're full of human foibles. There's all sorts of issues that they have between each other, between themselves. And it's just a, it's really excellent adventure that makes you think of religion and some of the ways that we tell stories. And I think the way they should be told mm-hmm. um, and some cool news, a Netflix series is coming. Ooh. They have tried to adapt this thing into movies, into series for as long as it's been around. It's never really worked. Oh. Apparently just yesterday um, there was... My, I'm not sure what it was, a fan convention or something where Neil Gaiman was talking about this and said that it's going to be set in present day, but it's moving on. It's Netflix. Wow. I imagine they're throwing a shit ton of money at it. Yep. And it's going to be glorious. I bet. And I'm really intrigued to see who they cast as uh, Death. Yeah. Because again, crazy goth girl. Right. And I love it. Well, that is exciting. Mm-hmm. So they have plenty of time. You have plenty of time to get into the reading of it. Plenty of time. And then see the series. Exactly. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the uh, the pick, the pick that I brought this week, we've actually discussed before, but it was in like a bonus episode. Ooh. We've never used it as a pick, and okay. I know you read it too. Yeah. So you can chime in. But uh, when I think of religion or issues or you know anything like that, fanatics, this book jumps to my head, and it's educated by oh my Tara Westover. Yes. Yeah, so oh my God. this was released in 2018, and it had quite a bit of buzz, so it's yeah. entirely possible you've heard of it. Um, the author was born into a family of survivalists in the mountains of Idaho. And when I say survivalists, I mean oh my God. survivalists. Full-on survivalists. Yeah, like they didn't, they didn't encounter other people. They didn't even go to school because no one really even knew they existed. They were homeschooled. They lived within their own... Um, religious ideas and the hierarchy of their family. Uh, There was a lot of weird abuse situations and horrible emotional and mental abuse. And by some miracle, the author manages to get herself out and get herself into college. um, where no formal school. No, none. Yeah. None. And so the fact that she does this is incredible, but... And that comes, you know, I I would say, what, like a third of the way into the book? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's fascinating to me because when she gets to college, she finds out how much she doesn't know. She's never heard of the Holocaust. She's never heard of the civil rights movement. So she's in classes where they're discussing things and she has no idea what they're talking about to the point that sometimes she's making mistakes by offering opinions because she realizes everything she's been taught is yeah. backwards. Which is, it has to been, and I think she gets into this, but so humiliating too. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't even imagine. And, and the ability of her to pick herself up and do this. Mm-hmm. But it then traces the rest of her way through college, through grad school, through the rest of these problems with her family and how she works that out, what she ultimately decides, where she's at now. It's a very quick read in the sense that it is propulsive. Like I just needed to know what was going to happen to this poor woman constantly. It's also tough though. So intense. Yes. The intensity is very high. Um, and, but it sparked something in me. I remember we had this conversation because I went on a Google deep dive after the fact because her family and extended family that is still kind of living within that cult idea, um, just came after her you know speaking of Scientology coming after people yeah they just went after her and tried to tear down everything that she said and and the main reason I found them is because her mom sells some kind of weird herbal supplements on Amazon like that's part of how they make some of their money and I just had to see it for myself after reading it so it, it is weird and twisty and difficult but it brings me back to what I thought what I always think of and what we mentioned earlier which is to me, the biggest opponent to organized religion is education. Yes, if absolutely. you don't have the education, you don't have the knowledge, you have no idea. And that's what a lot of people bank on is that we're going to be able to push these ideas down someone's throat because they don't know any better. And right. they've never had the chance to learn. They've never had the chance to form their own ideas or to look at things from multiple sides. And this book is the definition of that. Yes. By a law. I mean, even though she knew there were things about her family that weren't right, she still couldn't undo some of the things that she had been taught. The way she thought about other people or the way that she viewed the world, it took a lot of work on her part to get past that. Yeah. What an incredible pick. That is so, yeah, so right on with this topic. Two things. I remember how many wounds there were in the family. So many wounds. Because they also didn't, you know, trust medicine. They didn't trust right. government. They didn't do anything. So they're working in this scrapyard and mm-hmm. people are just, all of her siblings are just getting like digits lopped off and blood everywhere. And nope, don't go to the, don't go to the doctor. Yeah. Cause they, yeah, they, the salvage yard yes. and her dad would do like horrible things, like put them up on a crane and yes. it was insane. I mean, as a parent, if oh you read God. that book, you're like, I can't even imagine one of those instances, much less multiple. And they don't go to the doctor. They just, Mm-mm. you know, either their mom heals them with some supplements or <laughs> they bandage it themselves and yeah. call it a day. I think so. <sighs> um, and I think you're so right that this book is such an example of education and formal education giving you the ability to think critically yes and once you learn that the ability to think critically and to look at your world with new eyes then some of the stuff that you've been taught and you've been taught not to question you can't live with that anymore correct because then you do have questions Mm -hmm. and yeah well and it it it's actually the solution to so much so many of our problems in current society because we talked a lot about media and and the need in a 24-hour news cycle to give a lot of opinion and not a lot of fact. And one of the things that would combat that, you know, you're not going to change that because it's driven by money. So you're not going to get the stations to suddenly decide we're only going to publish something that's factual that we've researched. It's not going to happen because they have hours and hours and hours to fill. And people, for whatever reason, like to watch pundits spout off. So that's going to continue to be a thing. But what you can do is learn how to think critically and teach kids how to think critically and teach others that haven't had that opportunity how to think critically. And you do that through reading. Yes. From other viewpoints. You learn that by gaining empathy because you think about someone else's story and not just your own. And right there is the power of books and fiction. Yes. You know, people sometimes think that fiction is not you know, nonfiction's better, or you should read, you know, things that are educational. At the end of the day, any kind of reading is going to help you build empathy Mm -hmm. and compassion. And that is, we're sorely missing that. So. Damn. Well said. Coming in hot again. Coming in hot. I had them locked and loaded today. (laughs) (laughs) And also just sort of encapsulated our whole purpose. It did, right? Yeah. That is why we are here. (laughs) To give you great cat stories. Yes. Devils in overhauls and hooves. And to tell you to read. <laughs> Our three purposes. Three purposes. In fact, well, I have that nice. cross-stitched on my wall. <laughs> Cat stories, devils in overalls. <laughs> no, I'm trying to remember to where the devil in overalls story came from. I, I don't even remember. All I remember is you saying, like, I just picture his little hooves <laughs> through the bottom of 
the overalls. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Why did we have them? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? But, but also, he still is. We are 60-some episodes in. I don't remember what we talk about every time. In fact, I don't remember from one day to the next what we talk about. I, that's still how I picture the devil, though. Yes. He's always wearing bib overalls, <laughs> and his hooves are sticking out the bottom. And I picture a little billy goat beard. Yes. Yeah. Why that makes any sense, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just practical. Yeah. Well, pop culture. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if you've seen this show or not. The Leftovers. Yes. On HBO. You have? Yes. Okay, excellent. So you can chime in here. Mm-hmm. So you didn't pick this, did you? Nope. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I suddenly, as I was thinking through your notes yesterday, I'm like, oh, this could be another situation where we pick the same thing. No. Although I think the pick that I picked, you've also watched. Oh, okay. So we could. We here had we two go. opportunities. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. So The Leftovers, HBO, it ran for three seasons. It's finished. It's all available to binge. Mm-hmm. And I have actually been saving up the binge to sort of like when I'm ready to rewatch it. I'm oh, like, I am, I'm going to get into okay. it back soon. Cast-wise, excellent. <sighs> Justin Thoreau. Ooh. Carrie Coon. Yes. Liv Tyler. Come on. Later, Regina King. Yes. <sighs> so at the beginning of the show, like 140 million people have just disappeared without a trace. They're just gone. There's babies missing from strollers. There's adults just vanished from their house. No reason has ever is ever discovered as to why. And three years later, when the show picks up, uh, the residents of a small town in upstate New York are trying to live in this new normal. Um, but families have been broken up. Everyone's kind of hopeless, thinking that the rapture has happened. And they've just been left behind. And as a result, many of them have joined the Guilty Remnant, a cult-like group where they all wear white, they don't talk, they smoke nonstop, and they stalk people. So all the elements of a good culty cult I mean, is the Guilty Remnant. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kevin Garvey, he's played by Justin Thoreau. He's the police chief of the town. And he sort of has to keep peace between the townspeople and the cult. A task that's sort of made tougher by the fact that his ex-wife has joined the cult. Yeah. Leaving him and his uh, sort of teenage young adult kids at home. Um, His daughter is still in high school. She's sort of alternating between like rebellion and just like, I don't give a shit about any of this kind of thing. And his son is befriending this sort of charismatic prophet type guy. So it's based on a book and the first season followed it very closely. Um, But then once the season was done, the next two seasons went beyond the book. And I think that's where it really got interesting and Mm -hmm. really unique. Um, I chose for this because, you know, people turn to religion to better understand our circumstances. And when something like this that makes absolutely no sense happens, people use religion as a lens to view it through, but mm-hmm. then also like extreme religion as a way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, as I said, you know, as it dives into season two and three and it gets really interesting, really weird, let's mm-hmm. be honest, real weird. Very weird. Um, it also digs into like con artists and false prophets and and what really constitutes the idea of faith. And is it based in a belief in something external? Is it faith in yourself? Like, what is that all about? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like nothing you've really seen on TV. And uh, one of the creators was from Lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can see there's a little bit of that working in there, too. Uh, but also, and I want to see what you think, by the time it finishes, the end of the third season, it is the one of the most satisfying but haunting endings, I think. I still think about it all the yes, time. Yes, agreed. Carrie Coon. Yeah. And yeah, it is, it's really, really remarkable. So I want to watch it all now, knowing what I know. Yeah. And dig into that again. Did you read the book too? I think I did a long time before the show came out. Out? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've never read the book, so I didn't know. Yeah. But agreed. Yeah. It's, there's some weirdness, but it's also fascinating and it sticks with you. You can't really stop thinking. I mean, even individual episodes. I mean, as you were talking, different scenes were flashing through my head. There's some that are just sort of straight up fantastical. There's some that is like, yeah, it's so... Yes. Just on an episode-by-episode episode basis. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's remarkable. That's a good pick for this. I didn't even think of that. Well, thanks, Erin. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Well, I picked a docu-series on oh. Netflix. Came out in 2017. It's called The Keepers. 
oh shit yeah oh no yeah you've seen it Here right we yeah come back to catholicism yeah sure did. <laughs> it all Circle. comes back around Circle right around <laughs> so this is a docuseries that um a few a couple of students of a nun who worked at a catholic school Catherine sesnick uh was murdered and when they were in school and it's never been solved and they decide they're going to dig in so this docuseries is combing through the facts interviewing old classmates kind of sussing out what happened um, and for what seemed like a mystery at the time which actually was really not a mystery at all uh, the main suspect um, is a priest who had a large and long history of abuse mm-hmm. of varying kinds um, and basically bringing this murder out into the open has cracked the nut on this and also then subsequently cracked the nut on opening up the Catholic Church to discussions of where they moved all these priests after they found out that they were abusing children um, because this priest falls into that category. Mm -hmm. Both prior to the murder of Catherine Sesnick and after. And I wouldn't say that the series maybe like definitively gives you like says, you know, they can't, he's not being tried for it or anything. So they don't definitively say that he's the one, but watch it and tell me that you don't think he's the one. I mean, it is pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a gut punch of a series. I mean, I'm basically telling, it's basically like a spoiler from the beginning, but you still need to see all of the information and everything that happened and just be outraged on behalf of everyone. And you see so many of these people that were students and then see them as adults and just the devastation that they still feel or the worry or the complete ignorance that they refuse, the denial. Um, Just a fascinating look at it. And yeah, we... Mike and I watched it so fast because yes. it's just, you're like, yeah, next episode, yep. next, I gotta know. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's it's tough. I mean, there's some tough stuff in there, but it is worth it, I would say. Especially, I mean, you know, obviously I'm a true crime junkie anyway, but this extra twist with this religious aspect oh, man, and covering yeah. it up and the dedication to that. Yes. Whew. I think that's such a good pick too, because I think it shows, especially how organized religion can uh, hide people mm-hmm. with terrible tendencies, but also attract people with ten. Mm-hmm. Which then that it comes down to we're all just human, and right. religion sometimes allows us to be terrible mm-hmm. in the name of a mm-hmm. greater good. Well, and it goes back to that fallibility. Yes, if if you decide that someone's infallible, which to some degree that's what Catholics believe about their priests is that they've taken on this higher calling and that they are a step closer to God. They're all the end all be all. Um, you know, the vows that they take are supposed to be so sacred that a lot of people do not believe that yeah. they can do wrong. I mean, they almost have a saint like quality about mm-hmm. them, and just like I said before, the minute you give someone that kind of power you've already made a mistake absolutely and and i don't just mean that you know allowing them to lead i mean the minute that you tell someone that they don't make mistakes or they can't make mistakes you have to commit yourself to covering that forever yes and and you've built your religion yeah when you built your religion on that Mm -hmm. you can't then admit that somebody isn't that because then you have to admit that everyone isn't that and then in some ways you're valuing some lives over others which then negates the entire concept of your supposed religion exactly you're prioritizing these men over all of these this wake of young children that's Mm -hmm. been abused Mm -hmm. yeah and we all know how that plays out i mean you all know the kid that parents told them they could do no wrong and they're the worst yeah you're like someone needs to knock you down a peg because you're the worst yeah this that's what it everyone needs perspective including priests exactly Mm -hmm. so oof, great pick i'd completely forgot about that docuseries Yeah. yeah yeah probably because i consumed it so fast right yeah yeah Yeah. i know oh Mm -hmm. man yeah, it's that's a it's a doozy. Man, was there any area of religion we did not cover today? I think we covered a lot. I think we did. We took it down single-handedly, double-handedly. We did. We however did. many hands we have together, we took it down. We took it down. Yeah. Four hands taking it down. <laughs> I think, right? Is that right? Okay. <laughs> yes. I really wanted to work in how much I hate Joel Austin, but I didn't. So I'm just going to say that now. I, I just I don't like him. So I, I don't just like him either, there. but uh describe why you hate him. Um I think it's it's a, the hypocrisy, the oh, fact gosh. that the money that he generates and doesn't give back to any kind of purpose is mm-hmm. incredibly frustrating. So, 
whenever someone, yeah, uh, believes or acts like they have, you know, mm-hmm. all the answers, I'm immediately suspicious. Yes. And so then I'm, I'm dedicated to talking to, or to bringing it down. Like all of the, I've admitted before, one of my favorite things in the world is when um, homophobic Republican uh, politicians are caught uh, with their pants around the ankles. Yes. And a same-sex partner. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Because you have gone on record establishing yourself yes. as the authority on this matter. Yes. And look at you. Yep. God, I love that. I want one more. Yeah. Now, I need I know. It, like a hit of dopamine. I know. It is. Yeah. yeah. I know. I'm just immediately suspicious when you're like a preacher pastor and you're that slick. Mm-hmm. Like you just, it's, I mean, this is why we, you know, talk about, you know, the salesman aspect. Like that's what the vibe you're giving off. Mm-hmm. You're like Saul from Better Call Saul, and that's not a good place to that's be. Not a good Actually, place. that's not fair because there's a lot of things I like about Saul, so that's not even fair. But it's the slickness. Come on, no. Oh boy. Well, Whew. here we are at the end of an episode. I mean, we did good work today. Brought it down. Brought it down with all of our hands. And I think that this most recent review that we found mm-hmm. kind of speaks to our power, our abilities, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like why we're just we're. We're great at this. Yeah. Yes. To be clear, we are fallible. We're not trying to say we're infallible, but <laughs> point. after that discussion, we're we just great. Had, yes, we are highly f- fallible. Oh, so in fallible. fact, very klutzy. Oh gosh, uh, just just generally in a awful. lot of things. Yeah, yeah. I make our a depth lot of perception mistakes. is terrible. Ooh, yeah, I routinely mm-hmm. pour water just down the front of me because I yes. can't meet my lips. Yeah, yeah. Don't and I re- routinely say things I shouldn't in oh, situations. God. So bad. Yeah, I. It's not yeah. great, and yeah. that's okay. That's because okay. We're great at this oh yeah we are per per our reviewer emily underscore w316 let me read this pearl of a review to you aaron hopefully 316 isn't a bible reference oh shit (laughs) (laughs) that'd be so ironic i hope you still like us emily after we still love you so we love you yeah well she says this is her absolute favorite podcast she says, I literally get excited. And I'm assuming this is a she. I apologize yeah. if I got that wrong. Yeah. I literally get excited for Wednesdays because that's when this podcast comes out. The recommendations are always on point and Aaron and Amy have slightly different tastes. So there's a wide variety. That's true. That's very true. I love that they recommend both books and pop culture picks. I love that this is a feminist podcast. You're damn right it is. Yeah, it is. And I love when Aaron and Amy go off the rails on really random, hilarious tangents. Everything about this podcast is awesome. 10 out of 10 would definitely recommend. We would recommend you. We would. And honestly, every time I read it, I feel like you or I wrote this. We did not. We didn't. No. No. This came in through the interwebs. In the interwebs. Yes, through Apple Podcasts. See? It's wonderful. Great. Thank you so much for that review. Mm -hmm. And if you feel equally just in love with us, as we are in love with you, Mm -hmm. we would love another review too. Yeah. You know how to do it. Put it, put it in your, type it into your phone. Just, I just lost all words. Type it into your phone. Type it. Type it. Phone, computer, tablet, whatever you want to use. Email us direct. Yeah, reach email. out to us on social media. However Go you Go into like. the woods, lose the tablets, tell us to find them. We'll do it. I don't want to go into the woods and oh, find tablets. Okay. Well, so you go ahead and do that. I'll just stand on the edge okay. of the woods and I'll yell at you so you can hear my voice so you can find your way back. Okay. okay. Revision. If you lose the tablets in the woods, find them and then send them to also, us. Also, I want to know what are on the tablets. Like, are they really worth like going after or like... Well, you mean, are we talking about the actual religion now or our know. tablets? I don't know. Okay. I mean, what are we talking about? I don't about? know. Okay. Yeah. I okay. mean, they were the rules for the religion, first of all. So... I don't know. I feel like they belong in the woods. Yeah. Just buried under Agreed. leaves and stuff so debris yep how are we gonna land this plane (laughs) we're not happy reading (laughs) i'm up again same night another dream before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. Witch. Witch.
Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor, the final evidence, the heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You, you, you hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.